Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Well, here we are. Welcome in, guys. It is March 8th. Oh, and then it comes up saying, nope, don't, not working. That's fine. Um, it's March 8th, Tuesday morning, I believe. Uh, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I'm Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing today? Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Aaron Rodgers announcement day, question mark, shrug Not emoji. Buying yeah. Not buying it. I'm, you know, like, as you all are well versed, I am a cynic and I don't expect anything good to happen. So an announcement would be good. So therefore, I don't expect it to happen until it actually happens. And even then, I'm still not sure he's going to go through with it until we see him on the field next year. Yeah. You uh, you and I are different but cut from the same cloth where we're both skeptics at heart and uh, anything that's not tangible that you can't hold or see, um, you doubt. Now, that's just always been me. You know, maybe that's and the dogma. Then, like, hmm, he's just going to pull the rug out from under us, isn't he? Yeah, it's it's the dogma of science. Maybe it's just, you know, you with being a jaded Atlanta sports fan. Although you should be still riding that high of the uh, potentially. Do you, can you say you're back-to-back championships if there's not a season? Still, no, the And then what happens? You know, I mean, the gods punish Atlanta fans. You know, what yeah. happens? Oh, God. Atlanta won the World Series. Not even against a Cleveland team. That's it. No more baseball. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you get a... The other the uh, the other way to look at it is you get to be reigning champions for that much longer. So uh, uncontested title champions of the world. But welcome in, guys. It is cold as heck where I am. Of course, my heat went out last night when it's cold. So if you see me uh, kind of get up and around, I have a space heater going. So trying to get the temp uh, the room a good temperature. But we'll get it. We'll get everything right. And we got a lot to talk about on this Tuesday. Luke Wright is in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. What's your guys' favorite breed of dog? Mine is a husky. That's what I have. Um, I'm pretty basic. I love my golden retriever, but the right answer is just all dogs. Um, I'm fine with all dogs. I love a uh, Bernese mountain dog. I love a great Pyrenees. Love a good German shepherd, a pit bull. I mean, I don't, I don't care. Um, as long as it's, as long as it's a nice dog that wants to be friends with me and will give me the attention that I desire as much as it desires my attention. Um, we'll, we'll be fine. I've had uh, shepherd mixes for the last 20 years. Uh, one was a shepherd lab, and the one I've got now is a shepherd collie. And I, I like to say, once you go shepherd, you'll never go back. But, uh, you know, dogs. We don't deserve dogs, period. I, I love I love dogs. Uh, I start thinking now, do I really need a bigger dog? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to under- underestimate how nice it is being able to pet his head without bending over. That, that's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. We were walking the dog yesterday. And uh, we passed two bull mastiffs, and oh my god, what a, talk about a unit, man! Those got the Jordan Davises of dogs, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely a big dog fan. Thanks for the question, getting us off. You're uh, you're hitting our soft spots early. Mile high truth coming in another day, another dollar. Absolutely, uh, we got Diamond Rattler coming in saying, "Boom, let's go." Speaking another day, another dollar. Ethan, God bless you. Uh, keeping, I guess, gonna I'm gonna have to say, keeping the heat on for me <laughs> going yeah, forward. The heat back on for Nick. Ugh. God, I'm going to put on a beanie here pretty soon. Uh, good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Sean Burns in the house. Good morning to you, buddy. EJ also says good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. CC's in the house, always bringing good comments here, talking about dogs. Uh, good morning, Nick, Scott in Broncos country. 
U.S. Dave saying it's Aaron Rodgers Day. Thank God for Pat McAfee. I hope so, man. You, I was asked last night. I was on a show last night. Not cheating on you because I wasn't drinking coffee this morning, Scott, or with on the show last night. But uh, they said, Nick, what's the decision going to be tomorrow? No decision. <laughs> that's that's what it's going to be. We're going to string well, this along. Aaron hasn't said anything. You know, like I, I keep saying, everybody's getting mad at Aaron Rodgers. That's on us. Aaron Rodgers, it's his life. It's his contract. Yep. He can do whatever the hell he wants when he wants to. It's us that are demanding things of him. Yep. I, I don't know. I'm yep. I'm very pro athlete when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It's uh. That said, everybody, you just kind of need to shit or get off the pot, right? Like we need some resolution. <laughs> we need to move forward. So bleep me out if that's a bad one. Sorry, guys, but it's for real. Like we. Broncos need to know what they're going to do. The Packers need to know what they're going to do. Free agency's right around the corner. That changes things. So this just can't be dragged out anymore. At some point, the Broncos need to make a decision. Like, we cannot wait anymore. We have to move forward. Um, but I uh, think they're going to wait on a little longer. Uh, EJ also coming in saying Rodgers will wait and see if the Packers franchise tag Devonta Adams before he makes his decision. That's very true. But I think they're going to franchise Adams no matter what. It's about the long-term deal. And I think they have until July. Uh, to work out a long-term deal. If you Broncos fans remember, the Broncos tagged Demarius Thomas and then worked out a long-term extension for him in uh, OTAs that following offseason. So it doesn't ha- there has doesn't have to be a uh, true resolution there for a bit. Um, can you tag and trade, Nick? I would think you can, but I'm not 100% sure. I think you can, but I think there is... I'm not sure how the finances work. I'm not sure if it completely carries over, if the guaranteed stays on that signing bonus or anything. There's no future money involved. It should just be, you know, whatever the other team agrees to pay. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible. We'll see. Uh, Corey Hoover coming in. Denver should keep lock and draft Ritter. I think it could be a great combination. It would feel comfortable with both. Um, From my understanding, the Broncos do have lock here, but he's pretty, this is news coming out of the combine from a couple sources. Um, He's pretty far down the list of, contingency plans as far as start lock i do think they plan to keep him but they want to bring in somebody who they're more comfortable with and if lock takes the job from them that would be amazing god that would be awesome um but i do think that it's not going to be not even going to be last year where we were peddled a competition it's more this guy's the starter and lock if he takes it away from him awesome but uh, we'll see i mean god things change um the broncos are still in the aaron Rodgers hunt and that would change things completely but uh we're all going to know very soon in due time, the direction of this team is going to be a lot of fun. Lawrence Rivera coming in. What up guys? We literally have the opportunity right now to make a run with all the attention, but we need to make it happen. Thank you so much, Lawrence. And uh, Lawrence, it's a good point here. Um, Broncos have an opportunity right now. All the tensions on them. I saw that Kanye West There's rumor out there that he's looking to buy the Broncos now. God, that's just what we need. Um, but uh, <laughs> with, with Antonio Brown, no less. Um, pretty fun tmz sports reporting that so we'll see how true that is um but yeah no if the broncos get aaron Rodgers, man we are cooking um broncos have a lot of needs but you guys probably recall that when the broncos had peyton manning here you were signing a lot of guys at the end of their contracts or end of their careers but for cheap one-year deals to fill needs i mean evan mathis was a great get sean phillips was a great get if you bring in aaron Rodgers, the broncos have holes no doubt but you're going to be able to get those veteran minimum type players uh to fill out the roster and make a run for it yeah, you get the you get the guys that are willing to that have made their money in the league that I want one more shot at a ring. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And you can find those guys um, also coming in, helping get Nick's heat back on. Hashtag Nick's freezing. Um, the Gell coming in. Good morning, fellas. What do you call? What do you guys think of Vaughn's post yesterday? Scott, I'll kick this to you. What do you think about Vaughn Miller's post yesterday? Little nostalgia, you know. I don't. I don't think too much of it. Um, yeah. You know, I. I. I don't know. He's talking about, you know, would it look good in the 58 or the 40 or whatever it was, 5280, and then some responses if you hadn't seen it. 
Um, I think that they are, get bored. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't know. I would like to think that someone that's been around as long as Vaughn has knows that anything he says like that is going to stir, send the, the Twitter sphere and webosphere into a tizzy. But, you know, he's got good feelings for Denver. And would he come mm -hmm. back? Sure. We've said that all along. Um, I think I think he's trying to put out good vibes in the universe. And if Aaron Rodgers comes, he wants on that. He wants on that bus. Um, and he could be one of those guys. You know, do I want Vaughn back at 20? No. Would I take him back for 10? And frankly, you know, Nick, we've said this before. So he wasn't that good last year with the Rams. Like, Nick, what? Vaughn was, was not good. signed for weeks one through 18. No. You're like, dude, take your time. We're going to make the playoffs. Get your body and your mind right. Learn the scheme. Be ready to go. And then he went he went four and four for sacks in the playoffs. Yep. That's why we got Vaughn. Yep. So, you know, if he goes and signs someplace and the Rams didn't even have to pay him, they had to give up a couple of picks. But, you know, it's like, oh, well, we could be up against the cap. We, if we get Aaron Rodgers and we go and get another high profile, we won't have money for Vaughn. The Rams didn't have money for Vaughn. The Broncos paid for Vaughn. Yep. You know, and that's what you can do. Or, you know, maybe he sits out. Maybe he sits out a while. Yep. And he, do he doesn't get quite the deal he wants. And come week six, he's like, okay, feeling good. I'm ready to get back. Denver, let's go. You sign him to a veteran's minimum. It's all of that is possible yeah. if you've got a team that's, that's competing for a championship. I'm guessing Vaughn's going to get some something in the line of 16 to 18 million a year. Um, that's probably what the market's going to dictate. There's always a need for pass rushers. Um, so uh, we'll see. Um, I'd love to come. I'd love for him to come back. I do think he has great feelings for Von Miller, and he's always been a uh, speaking from the heart kind of guy. Um, you know, he's always hyping, you know, talking about holding hands and skipping around the locker room with future franchise quarterback Trevor Simeon. You know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, I love you for that, Von. You're standing your guys, but um, not always the best. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in saying playoff contenders are another top 10 pick. Need to get that quarterback. Yep, the train doesn't leave the station until you have the quarterback. That said, um, you do still want to draft good players. And if there's not a quarterback you believe in, you shouldn't force it. Uh, because, again, like, nope, do the, do the Chargers give a flying hoot that they drafted Joey Bosa and Derwin James before they landed Justin Herbert? No, it means that they are going to be able to maximize these next three years, four years of control with Justin Herbert um, and build a good roster around him because you already have those building block pieces in place. Uh, still, you know, like I said, your door doesn't open. You don't even take a step forward until you have that quarterback in place, but you want to maximize when you do get that quarterback in here. And that means having good pieces around the quarterback as well. Yeah. If you're going to reach, you know, re in the mock draft we did yesterday, I took Malik Willis for, for the Denver Broncos. You know, there's a bunch of different ways they can go. And that's, what's going to be fun about this draft is there are so many different ways you can go. And there's guys that are coming up and y'all have heard me say it from the beginning. I'm not buying this. This is a bad draft crap. I'm not. I think yeah. this is a great draft. I think it's an exciting draft. Uh, it's just like, you know, a, a great draft is typically for the teams that are drafting one through 10. Okay. Well, there might not be those guys one through 10 that normally can constitute a great draft. Yeah. yeah but 11 through 100 is freaking exciting in this class. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you're going to be able to get some guys, some dudes in the second and third round. And you got several picks there. So uh, if you're going to reach, you got a couple picks to get your quarterback. If you get him in the offseason, great. If you could, if it takes to get him in the draft, I don't know that you're competing for – if you're drafting a quarterback, I don't know that 2022 is your year. You, no. You, Nick, I, I just don't think that – No. You know, depend on who else you bring in. You know, I don't think you're comfortable going into, yeah, we're going to be a playoff contender with Drew Locke and Malik Willis. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. 
Maybe. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you also, Miguel. We also got Mark Schrader saying good morning, guys. Good to see you, Mark. Hope everything's down there. Good in Texas. Uh, send some warmer weather up my way. That'd be nice. Um, it's going to be cold and rainy this week, so it's what it is. Colin Wood also say Vaughn's coming back, and he's bringing Chris Harris with him, along with J- John F. Kennedy and Elvis. Colin, you make me laugh, and I appreciate you. Um, we got Dave Glassman in the house with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. Bama X, morning Broncos country. Maybe today's the day we actually get some clarity. We'll see. Um, today's the day from the, uh, the real Pepe Silvia. It's been a bit. Hope you're doing well. Today's the day Broncos officially become the elite quarterback retirement home. You know, there's uh, there's worse ways to go out. You're getting them maybe on a little bit of a cheaper. I guess not with the Rodgers. You're not going to get a cheaper deal. But uh, good quarterbacks come in here. And if you want to write out your uh, your legacy with a Super Bowl, God bless you, man. That's a that's a good way to go in my in my opinion. You yeah, everybody can wanna, do that. If you want to say retirement home, that's one way. If you want to say add another ring, I'd put another trophy in the cabinet. That's another way to do it. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, we have some more dog comments here. We got Edward in the in the house. Good morning, Broncos country. Andrew Morrow's in the house. Exciting exciting day. Albert Knoppers. Morning guys. Do you see Vaughn coming back? I think it's possible, but I don't think you're going to be able to get him on a a deal. Um, Dylan Von Ark's in the house up Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit a like on the way in. Like I said, this is Broncos for breakfast live every Monday and Tuesday, Thursday morning at seven 30 mountain time and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already now, shout out to Dylan. Um, we got Kenneth coming in. Good morning. Calvin got suspended for being in my fantasy football league. Actually, I hope they drop it to three games. Scott, maybe we should save the spice on this one for uh, tomorrow, but, um, just quick, you know, the abstract, the old Twitter, 180 characters, any comments, any thoughts? Um, someone claiming mental health is not a free pass and those in the media should not be talking down to someone that has questions. Questions are a good thing. The minute we stop asking questions, it's bad. We should always question, always question. I'm not accusing, but always question just because someone says mental health isn't a free pass to ride off into the sunset and do whatever the hell you want to. Um, I'm not accusing. I want to know. Doesn't mean I have a right to know. If I was the Atlanta Falcons, I'd have a right to know. What are you doing? Okay, you need some time away. What are you doing with your time away? How are you getting better? What's wrong? How can we help? This is a really, really, really bad freaking look. Yeah. And then, God, the thing that drives me nuts about it is he's on Twitter immediately afterwards tweeting about it and like saying, I'll bet this one out, bro. Yeah. Like, where's your publicist? Where's your agent? Lock him out of his account. Like, you just need to. (laughs) <laughs> this is a PR move now at this point. And uh, I also thought it was, I guess, a good move by the Falcons. Um, they knew that something was coming down the track, so they were not entertaining trade calls um, because they knew this. So mm-hmm. uh, they knew since February 9th, and they, yep. they basically said, uh, you know, we'll get back to you. Yep. Uh, okay, well, we got Eric LH coming in here on Facebook. Make sure you guys are joining our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Will the Broncos make a, tra- a run for Christian McCaffrey? So news coming out yesterday from, I believe it was Aaron Wilson, uh, NFL insider Aaron Wilson, saying that the Panthers have been working the phones, or I guess working the bars at the uh, at the NFL Combine in Indy, um, looking to maybe offload Christian McCaffrey. Um, he has played, I think it's 20 out of his last 30 games or something concerning like that. Um, and he is one of the highest paid running backs in football. Panthers paid him a big deal and he hasn't been able to stay health, stay healthy since then. So they're looking to trade him. And on the surface, I'm interested, you know, get good players, a guy who can input the pass game um, when he's healthy. He's really good. The Panthers want a first round pick plus a player. 
I'm sitting this one out, buddy. Um, I love you, Christian. You're a fun player. But uh, what are we doing here? You're a running back. Don't pay running backs big second contracts, and especially ones that are keep you locked in long term without much financial flexibility. And uh, that's that's a terrible. That would be a terrible trade. Anybody trading a first round for uh, McCaffrey? And Lawrence says McCaffrey, Williams, and Lindsey would be dominating running backs. How many do you need? You know, one you really only need one. Yeah, cool. it'd be nice. I mean, but you, you, there's only one ball. There's only so many carries. Uh, last year we heard anytime, anytime someone was left out of the big group of, of skill players, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Noah Fant, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, who am I forgetting? Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick. KJ every Hall. without fail, every pod, yep. someone was saying, well, these guys weren't involved. They're just ignoring these guys. There's only one ball. Yep. McCaffrey coming to Broncos, especially for a first doesn't make any sense. If he wants to come home and you want to eat his contract or cut him and I sign him for nothing, or I send you a six or seven. So be it, but I'm not. I'm not spending money on a running back. I'm not spending capital on a running back. I got my running back. I'm good. Yeah, if there's a running back for the Broncos, love. Um, I could see them taking one as early as round four in the draft just to bring in another young, churning guy. I mean, Javante Williams has been healthy to date, but he's never been a bell cow, and uh, we don't know enough about Mike Boone right now. So that's that's about where you're talking for the expenditure. Maybe if you can. Mm-hmm. bring Melvin Gordon back for a less than market deal just because you're getting a positive ROI overall. Um, and he wants to be here. I think there's value to a guy wanting to be here and take less. I think that says something about the culture in the locker room that does interest me. Um, but uh, trading a first for Christian McCaffrey, he's dynamic, but that just doesn't make sense. Uh, the Broncos should not be trading first round picks for anybody until again, the train hasn't left the station. Once the train leaves the station, you have your quarterback, then these type of moves you can at least entertain. But until then it's, you know, ball it up and put it in the trash in my opinion maybe a team like the uh the buffalo bills um not trading the first for him still that would be dumb but a second round pick um to bring in christian mccaffrey with that uh heavy 10 and 11 personnel offense uh, with the spacing that they're gonna have flexing him out i mean that would be a lot of fun i mean imagine the stuff they could do with him with uh, josh allen in the backfield if you split out um Christian McCaffrey and now oh, yeah. okay is I mean, allen gonna run like he's gonna kill me you're, you're willing to give up a first round pick for mccaffrey if you're buffalo yeah, I, you know, I don't know they, about a first. They, they need a running back. Yeah. Um, you know, I said you're not giving up <clears throat> capital. Fourth round to me is not giving up capital. Fourth yeah. round pick for a running back to add some depth and get another body in there that can help with Mike Boone and Javante Williams. That's about as much as I'd be willing to give up. Yeah. Yep. So it just doesn't make sense. I remember that was the 2017 draft when he was in, and I had to fight off a lot of people um, screaming that the Broncos should trade up into the top five to top 10 to get him. And uh, didn't make a lick of sense to me then. Um, also, it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, financially um, for the Carolina Panthers as well. Uh, his cap hit isn't awful, to be no, fair. But, but if 14. they trade him? It's 14. Yeah. So his cap hit isn't isn't that bad. Um, you know, 14's not terrible. His base salary is eight. Yeah. So if you were willing to give up his base salary for, you know, again, I'm not giving up the the I'm not giving up the draft capital. So if you say a third round and we'll take $8 million off of your salary cap to bring him in, that's basically a Melvin Gordon replacement. Yep. So I'm trading you, in a sense, Melvin Gordon and a third for Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd do that. Yep. But no more than a third. And you, you talk. we always talk about uh, Matt Ryan not making financial sense uh, to trade for. The Panthers trade McCaffrey uh, pre-June 1st this year. They actually have 
negative 4.25 million cap savings. So it actually costs them more against the cap to trade him than it does to keep him on the roster. Yeah, his so, dead cap number is 26.6. So they're shopping him. Uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a team that is looking to maybe move on. But uh, And we have uh, Peter Middleton coming here. Peter over in Cambodia. Good to see you, Peter. Hope you're well. Thank you for all the support and comments you have here. Um, Vaughn has his family here and his locker here. He doesn't have a locker here anymore. That was a joke about it. Can he get his old locker back? Um, but how much would you expect the Broncos and how would this change for other teams? I think Vaughn himself is very closely watching what the Broncos do at the quarterback situation. And after riding through the last six years of pain and misfortune that has been the Broncos, if they bring in an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or something, I think he wants to be here um, because he knows the good vibes here in Denver. He knows what it's like when this team is rolling. I also think he probably saw that like he won it all in LA and uh, it just, it's different. No, no offense to the Rams. They have some diehards, but that's not a entrenched psychopath fan base. I mean, you look at the Super Bowl parade in Los Angeles versus what they had in Denver. It's night and day. This is a uh, ferocious uh, fan base, you know, diehards out here. So it's, it's different. If the Broncos bring in Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, I do think Vaughn is going to really want to come here. I don't think he's going to take that much of a discount still to come here. Um, but I think he would uh, definitely be interested if it's, you know, Mitch Trubisky versus Drew Locke versus Sam Howell. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking he's probably looking elsewhere unless yeah, they pay him a lot bag. more. There are a lot more Denver Broncos fans in Denver than there are Rams fans in LA. Yeah. Shoot, there might be close to as many Broncos fans in LA. The way that is such a transplant city and the way teams have shuffled in and out of there over the last 30 years. Yeah. Uh, there might be more Raiders fans left in LA than Rams fans. Yeah, Absolutely. You're 100% right there. Um, we also got Travis coming in. i got to put on the hat. Hello, Travis. Um, Nighthawk there. Morning, fellas. Denver Broncos for life. Listening for sure. Just curious what free agents do you guys hope we sign? Cost included, of course. Oh, man. Um, I don't know what the, the market deals would be for all these guys. I would That would take a lot of research um, because I want to see what the general markets are. And the contract structures for me, I'd rather pay a guy a little bit more to have less down the line and have flexibility. So that way you can either trade them off or move on from them. Um, I think that's always a good move. It gives you flexibility in the future. I, I am curious to see who is released first before we really get into that. We're starting to get that information uh, coming out little by little. But um, a guy that interests me a lot that I think might be a cap casualty is Billy Turner um, from the Packers. He was with the Broncos for a bit. Uh, they let him walk. He signed a big deal with the Packers. And he's familiar with the system. He's familiar with the outside zone. He's been a serviceable right tackle and a guard as well. He's a really, really good depth player. And he sets you up where if you, for some reason in the draft, you don't walk away with a tackle in your first three rounds, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Um, but also if you, let's say that for some reason, Ike Mkwanu or Charles Cross falls to you there at nine and he's your best player. I'm just as happy with Billy Turner being my six offensive lineman and swing tackle. Cause he can wear, he can play four spots. Um, so he's one that interests me. I really do hope they bring back Josie jewel. Um, unless they want to go big and pay uh, Devondre Campbell, who had an amazing year in this similar system. But I think Josie Jewell's probably the one to bring in. Um, I also would like them to bring back Bryce Callahan for a shorter term deal. The Broncos are losing three of their top six defensive backs. He's one of the best nickels in the game. He's a good scheme fit as well. And the last one then is uh, edge rusher. They're going to have to pay an edge rusher who I don't know, but uh, they're going to have to bring in an edge rusher. No, no, uh, no doubt. So Dante Fowler had his best year with the Rams. Uh, before he got a big contract to come over to the Falcons, he could be had for a song. 
Um, not a lot of guaranteed money. Could you bring him in? He was making uh, six or seven. He signed a three-year yeah. big contract, and he underperformed in Atlanta. He wanted to go play for Dan Quinn and had trouble staying healthy. Yeah. Do I want the Broncos to sign Dante Fowler? No, but he could be a very low-risk, medium-reward depth guy, somebody to think of. Um, but, you know, we're, there's some comments in here about, you know, about McCaffrey and a hybrid role and this kind of stuff. There's already a guy out there like that on free agency for the same money. You get him for six to eight. Yep. Same Cordero Patterson. You know, I so I'm interested to see where where he ends up, where uh, where Cordero Patterson ends up because he's he is quickly become one of my favorite players. Just getting to watch him day in day out for a uh, for a year. Yeah, absolutely. We got some more people in here. Chris uh, Chris Beeston in the house. We got uh, James Hyatt in the house as well. Uh, Jacob Foster coming with this this support here. Jacob, always good to see you. One of our big supporters here on the show. We really appreciate you coming in pretty consistently. Um, talking about some guys that interest me a lot as well. CC, I think CC and I are on the same wavelength. Maybe uh, I see him on Twitter and I just copy what he has to say. But um, CC's always got some good uh, good information and good contributions. Um, he lists two guys that interest me as well. Um, I don't know if they're per se better than Miller, but I'd put them on the same tier. Um, Chandler Jones and Darius Smith are two edge options for the Broncos. I don't know about they're probably better, but they're definitely uh, in the same ilk. Um, and also, I like uh, the thing about Zadarius Smith that interests me a lot is that he does not, uh, because he's probably likely to be released by the Packers, he's not going to cost against the cam- uh, compensatory formula. And I am all about, you know, oh, who cares, Nick, if you can get a fifth-round pick or a fourth-round pick. Those matter. You know, that's a special teams player right there, or a developmental guy, and uh, that can fill out the back, of, back end of your roster. Um, so... Really important to have those uh, lottery tickets. No team has done better at this than the Baltimore Ravens over the last decade. And uh, there's a reason the Ravens are pretty consistently up at the top, even when they had, you know, Joe Flacco or injured uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, they're still pretty good. Uh, Thank you very much. We also got a super coming in here. $5 from Elliot D. Good morning from Page, Arizona. Hopefully it's nice and warm and dry there. unlike up here right now uh, in Seattle. Thanks for the content, guys. My favorite Bronco podcast. Wow, Elliot, that's so nice of you to say. If you guys are like Elliot, make sure you head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Helps us a heck of a lot. Um, please shout out Broncos Country. And also, we're going to shout out uh, Broncos Reservation from you uh, at the Navajo Nation. So thank you so much, Elliot. It's uh, great to see you. Um, Mark Schrader coming in also supporting us. What do you guys think of the cornerback from the Rams? Williams, Darius Williams. Uh, have, do you have much thoughts on Darius I Williams? Don't, okay. I don't I have to look. I'd have to do some research real quick while you're talking. Darius Williams, um, he was injured last season, so he missed a lot of the, the year. And when he did play, it was a little bit erratic. But that's kind of just the nature of the cornerback position. I don't think there's a position in football that when a player has a ding, they lose as much ability as the cornerback because it's such a reaction in space position. So if you're nursing a hamstring or an ankle, an injury can knock you down quick. It's one reason that cornerback depth is so important. Um, but Darius Williams, the Rams actually... A year ago, he was a restricted free agent. They placed a first round tender on him, which is, you know, that's a, that's a pretty contract. I think he was the only player last off season to receive a first round tender. Uh, so he's really, really a valuable player to them. Um, I think he'd definitely be interested. Obviously, Ejiro Ivero uh, worked with him. Ivero uh, worked with him at, with the Rams, the defensive backs coach. And uh, Williams, while he's only, I think, 5'9", that doesn't really matter to me in this scheme because it's going to be mostly off coverage. Um, and when you're off coverage, as long as you can tackle and as long as you're competitive at the catch point, the size doesn't matter as much to me. So I definitely think he is an option uh, for the Broncos. 
he might get a bigger deal than the Broncos are looking to pay. Uh, maybe you're going to get a little bit better bang for your buck, bringing in uh, Bryce Callahan, who's probably going to want a shorter term contract given his injury history and specifically for the slot. Um, but um, I am interested in Darius Williams. And if he, come, if he wants to come work with Ejiro uh, uh, Evero, uh, then by all means. Um, and we have Tommy Simmers asking, is he a slot? He mainly played, I think he mainly played boundary for him, for them. Um, but he's, He's inside outside. He can do a little bit of both. Um, so he's he's one of those types of corners. And he's uh, he turns twenty nine next week, a week from today actually. So something to keep in mind. He's probably right there on the edge of his prime. This for, is his uh, chance to cash in for his play. That you know this th- that's something to watch out for. He was really good last year. Just like I said, I do a little research on him. I don't watch the Rams, hmm. um, but uh, twenty nine years old, really good in twenty twenty, really good in twenty nineteen. Fell off a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's a really talented player, um, and uh, he's a good scheme fit as well. Broncos want to be looking at the cornerbacks um, for sure. But, yeah, let's uh, keep getting into it here. Um, thank you so much, Mark, for your support. We also got one coming in from John Clay Evington saying, Morning, gents. Morning, gents. Jets offensive tackle Morgan Moses should be on the Broncos' radar. His best ability is availability. He's fine. Um, I'm thinking that he is going to get a very large contract um, still on the open market. He was solid for the Jets last year. The Jets are still looking to maybe draft the tackle early to improve him. Um, and I'm not looking, personally, I'm not looking to pay big money for average. I know that average offensive tackle is nothing to sniff at. Um, but uh, still, I think he's going to get a larger deal than I'd be willing to pay. I would rather play more competency for an older short-term player, like bringing back Bobby Massey or, again, I my eyes are on Billy Turner because I do think he's released and I think he makes a lot of sense for the Broncos given they brought in a lot of the offensive staff from the Packers. He's got familiarity in Denver, the versatility. Um, he's one that uh, makes a lot of sense for me, but Hey, maybe, maybe they do bring in Morgan Moses. Uh, I just paying two tackles, pretty big contracts is something that concerns me a little bit. A lot of times you want to like have a veteran with a good contract paired with a guy on a rookie deal um, to even out that cap hit. Pro uh, football focus graded Morgan Moses really good last year, 2020, which seems like a little bit of an outlier uh, for their grading system. For where, Take that for what it's worth. And yeah. again, just looking at birthdays, his birthday was last week. So we're all of a sudden we're in the, the March group here. So he's a he was a 3-3. Yep. So yeah, he's, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Was He, he was with the uh, Washington football team in 2020, correct? Mm-hmm. So he was playing next to uh, Brandon Scherf. So maybe that's something that helped him a bit there. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt, right? No, not at all. Um, we also got Wyatt coming in here. Thank you very much. Go Hawks. Wyatt, always got to shout out the Hawkeyes for Wyatt. I'm curious to see what my what our Hawkeyes can do next year. Already counting down till uh, college football. Uh, depending on how the board falls and we get a cornerback, Stingley or Sauce, I think we'd be set at cornerback for the next five to eight years, adding them to PS2 and Ojemudia. Three shutdown corners. Um, that is so far out in the future that I don't think you could say that. Uh, maybe you'd feel set for two to three years, but also you're talking about a bunch of guys that don't really fit the slot mold, uh, so to speak as well. So you'd be, you'd be pretty darn good with the cornerback position on the boundary for the next two to three years, but five to eight, that's way too far in the future. And if you circle back to my comment earlier, cornerback is a very finicky position when it comes to injuries and uh, who knows about the health of these guys um, going forward. So um, definitely one to keep an eye on. There's also no position that the, uh, the 30 year old Mark is more of a, on the defensive side of ball, there's no position that the 30-year-old mark is more of a detriment than the cornerback position. Those guys tend to fall off a cliff once they reach a, a certain age. So I don't know about five to eight years, but you'd feel pretty good there for a little bit. Yeah, and it might make one of them expendable. You know, yep. at that point, you start looking at uh, 
at Ronald Darby and, and where his cap number is and et cetera, et cetera. It might make one one of those guys. Uh, but you said, you know, PS2 and Ojemudia. I was thinking, I, I don't put Ojemudia in the shutdown category. I would think Ronald Darby first. Um, yep. So that's a that's a, getting a little bit ahead. But I think you probably would want Ojemudia more in the slot uh, if he was there. And hopefully he comes back healthy. That was, that was unfortunate when he did a hamstring early. Yeah. Early last year. And Darby's never played a full healthy season in his career, except his last year in Washington. And uh, you probably really want to solidify the room. That said, I think Ojemudia is a very, very solid cornerback four. Um, but you still need to bring in somebody that you feel more comfortable with in the slot. And that could be even a safety. Um, you know, the slot doesn't have to be just a cornerback type. You can have a guy who's a cornerback, uh, or a nickel safety hybrid as well. Um, you've probably heard me mention it on here. 100 times the Rams last year, highest rate of six plus defensive backs in football. Um, so having a versatility on that back end, guys who can wear multiple hats at the safety position, uh, is going to be valuable. Those guys can help fill in some of the questions at the slot coverage as well. Uh, Peter Middleton, what what's Nick and Scott's book it free agency pickup? Not a current Bronco, Billy Turner. God, I, how many times can I say his name? I, I think he's one that makes a lot of sense. Um, and he's also one that's not a current Bronco. So uh, he's the one that I will lean into. The other one, I think the Broncos, if they don't get in, bring in Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to go pretty hard after Chandler Jones. That's just uh, what's, that's the whisper right now. And a lot, I know a lot of people want Von Miller back, but uh, the name that I've heard multiple times from different people is uh, Broncos are have some serious interest in uh, pursuing Chandler Jones. I don't have one. I I don't know the market well enough to say who who they're going after. The only talk that we've seen is draft yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. After that, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, your doors open up very differently yeah. on who's answering your phone calls from yeah. the Denver Broncos. Uh, the guy I I have been not banging on his door, beating his drum here, is uh is is Chuck's Acorafor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, twenty five, twenty six years old, gave up two sacks on eleven hundred snaps last year. Right tackle, Pittsburgh Steelers. That'd be somebody I would be very interested in, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm certainly not going to say book it free agent pickup. I don't, I don't know who they're targeting, who they're looking at. We know their needs, yeah. um, but we don't know what their salary availability is going to be until we get clarity on the quarterback situation. Yeah, nope, absolutely. And talking about clarity at the quarterback situation, my understanding is the Broncos plan A, B, and C right now is still Aaron Rodgers. But if that falls through, they're going to be on the phone and uh, see what's up with. Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson, it sounds like things there have been uh, pat not patched up, but they're not as icy as they were a year ago. Um, but still, that's one that you should keep an eye on for the Broncos. And we have Marty Rivera coming in saying, hey, guys, hope all is well in Broncos country as far as the quarterback goes. Um, I would much rather have Wilson over Rodgers because he's younger and has more years left. I agree with you uh, for sure. The thing that you have a little bit of a leg up with Rodgers, it seems, is that it's a little bit of a, a cornered market. It's Green Bay or it's Denver. And when you don't have, when you're not competing with a bunch of other teams to that extent, um, because Aaron's kind of dictating where he wants to go more. So there's not all the teams that have the capital. Uh, they don't want to send him to the NFC, uh, the Packers. That is um, you have a little bit, you might be able to not pay as much of a premium to get him in comparison to Russell Wilson. So uh, I think I in a vacuum. Yes. I'd rather have Wilson, uh, but also, I mean, I'm not going to turn my nose up at Aaron Rodgers either. And I, I think that was a, the phrase there was in a vacuum because there's some that think that Russell Wilson's declining. 
So mm-hmm. if he's in the decline because of his injuries uh, and he's not playing as well, you're still getting a peak Aaron Rodgers for a yeah. quarterback play. We were talking about back-to-back MVPs. If he was able to do it one more time and never been done. So, you know, all this, this stuff, oh, he'd be the third best quarterback in the division. You know, my Heine, I mean, he's, he's the back-to-back NFL MVP. Yeah, He's the best player in football. You know, so is Russell Wilson going to be at that level? And if there's a drop off or where's the play, you know, Russell Wilson may only have three years left too. If he's getting banged up yeah. and he's getting, his play is declining because of injuries. I, I agree with you with the younger, but just looking on the other side of that, yeah. is he still going to be at a higher level in three? Is he going to be in a, a, a serviceable quarterback in year four as Aaron Rodgers would be in year four, which would mean you wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers in year four. Maybe yeah. you wouldn't have Russell Wilson either. That's kind of my point. Yeah, and the thing with uh, – I know that we all kind of scoffed a little bit at the smaller quarterback conversation, you know, dating back to uh, Baker Mayfield. Baby what about Bain. Drew Brees? What about Drew Brees, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the recent string of these smaller quarterbacks, their play has dropped off precipitously over the years, um, at, over a single season. Um, that's one thing that actually I think the Cardinals have uh, are righteous in um, with their trepidation to pay Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray starts off, you know, look at his da- his stats from September, October every year. Like, oh my God, Kyler Murray, MVP candidate. And then, you know, by November, December, he's falling off because he's battling a lower body injury and it's not working for him anymore. Early in Russell Wilson's career, that wasn't the case, but the last two seasons, he started off, let Russ cook. Oh my God, Russ has never been this efficient in his career. He's amazing. Gets injured, his play drops off. Baker Mayfield, um, another one who, smaller quarterback, um, his body lower body injuries and injuries in in general have kind of dinged him. So there is, I really do think there is something to the bigger, stronger, thicker quarterbacks that can take a pounding and can play a little bit better through those injuries without losing as much velocity and uh, arm talent because they're trying to compensate for injuries that they've accumulated. Scott Poynton coming in with some stars. It feels like a new name. So welcome. Appreciate your support. So are there any realistic chance someone should trade up in this draft to give us a chance to trade back? Um, yeah, I, I would look, you know, you look right behind you and who's in for a quarterback. I would think the Washington commies would be a possibility. Um, Minnesota at 12 could be a possibility, depending on what they do with Kirk Cousins. I know they drafted Kellen Mond last year. I'm not a big Kellen Mond nor is quarterback fan nor is Zimmer god he just roasted him oh god. did he I didn't see it I just oh. I said fourth or fifth round at best last year I'm just I, I liked him as a college quarterback because of his motive, mobility yeah. I just didn't think he had the the right arm for the NFL okay well just real quick because you're going through this but Zimmer people get mad about Vic Fangio being uh not the nicest to his quarterback Zimmer um when I think Kirk was hurt or something um they asked uh Zimmer if he had any interest in seeing Kellen Mond play um, and he's like, no, no, I don't. I'm not going to play mine. He's like, and they, they asked him why. And he's like, because I've seen him. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you just killed him. Zimmer takes absolutely no blame. Yeah, they, I think they took him in the second. In the I second it was round. The third. It was the third. Third, top of the third. It was yeah. it was high third. Yep, it was. Um, and I was like, no, no. I mean, last year, you, you all have heard me say that the quarterback play this year at the Senior Bowl was infinitely better than it was last year. I mean, we had Jamie Newman. We had Felipe Franks. We had Kellen Mond, uh, Ian Book. It was like, ugh. Um, you know, I was like, most of those guys shouldn't be. And then there was Mac Jones. I'm like, well, Mac Jones has a chance to sneak into the back end of the first, was my thought watching them there. 
then I forget people get quarterback crazy. So whatever I think about a quarterback, double it. They'll be taking about half of where I think they should be, which is where I thought Kellen Mond should be there. So Kellen Mond, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota could be in there. Cleveland, probably not. Baltimore, no. Uh, Philly, I don't think so. It's 15 and 16. Chargers, no. New Orleans, maybe at 18. Uh, Philly's at 19 again. And then Pittsburgh at 20, I think, is someone. Those those are the teams I think you want to keep an eye on. So, yeah, there's uh, there's several. And, again, the, the chatter is coming out that the Broncos and the Falcons at 8-9 could be looking quarterback. What did we say to listen for in the month before the draft? Listen for the chatter that the Broncos and the Falcons could take quarterback. A good Malik Willis is good for the teams at 8-9 or above that are looking to trade back. Yeah, absolutely. And you're talking about the quarterback market, which is always the one that is the the big trade. But this year, maybe that won't be the case. And uh, in which case, you want to think about other positions that some guys might be looking to move up and how the board is set up. Um, there has been some talk that the Cleveland Browns would be interested in coming up for a wide receiver. Um, I know that Mel Kuyper put that in his latest mock. Mel Kuyper in his 2.0 mock, if he's mocking that the Browns are trading up, he, that's not he's not pulling that out of his butt. There's talk about that out there, about the Browns being interested in coming up for a guy or pulling out of his hair, I guess, from El Kuiper, whatever that thing. Don't don't talk too loudly about it. It'll growl at you. Um, I think that also the Eagles with two, uh, three first round picks this year, maybe they want to package one of those and a second round pick to move up and get one of their guys, um, maybe one of the edge rushers. Maybe they're in love with uh, Jermaine Johnson and they know that he's not going to get there to 15, but they Howie Roseman has those prototypes that he wants for the edge position. Uh, Derek Barnett's going to be a free agent. Um, they don't really have much other edge rushers, so that's a position that makes sense uh, to me as well. But the quarterback ones, the ones that I would be keeping an eye out for, for quarterback specifically, New Orleans, they're in cap hell. They need their draft picks, but you know what helps you get out of cap hell even better than more draft picks? A rookie quarterback contract. Um, and right now they're going into next year with Taysom Hill. Um, so they need some help, uh, no doubt about it. I think, God, if I can, I, I'm very critical on Kenny Pickett because I don't think he's worth the ninth overall pick for Denver. But send Kenny Pickett to the Dome in the NFC South. I think you actually have something there that would be best case for the prospect uh, long term. I think that'd be good for Pickett, which is what I hope for all these prospects. Um, go ahead, Scott. No, I think Pickett to New Orleans makes a lot of sense. You know, the the next Drew Brees down there. And he's actually, you know, bigger. I didn't think he was that big. He's he's fairly good size. He's 6'2 plus 220, running sub 4'7. He's, he's a much better athlete in, in size. Than, uh, than I was giving him credit for. Dahan, um, did you read this one? You didn't read this one, did you? No, nope. Okay, Dahan comes in and says, uh, appreciate the support, Dahan. Yeah. Wilson sounds like it'll take a generation worth of picks and or picks to get him. Plus, I bet his wife will push for a bigger market. Um, maybe on the wife part, uh, you know, they're, it's a social media world. It doesn't yeah. necessarily matter. I mean, Green Bay is maybe the smallest market in the NFL. And I, th I think it probably is. And Aaron Rodgers is arguably the biggest star in the NFL. So it can be done. Um, but Russell Wilson and a, a bunch of picks. Yeah, I, I start getting real sketchy when we start talking anything more than two first round picks. You start talking to me about three, I start getting real nervous. Yeah. And if it's going to take three, if it would take two and a player, maybe two and a couple, you know, a third and a fourth. OK, maybe. But if it's if they're talking about three, that's that's too rich for my blood. Yeah, absolutely. And Tommy's saying, why does everyone think Sierra walks Russ like a dog? Um, it's a partnership, right? Uh, but also, um, if there's an application for her to walk people like a dog, I'll sign up. Um, moving on quickly to, off, off of that one. Um, <laughs> Kevin coming in. Go ahead. 
I, Kevin says, you guys think you're cynical. I've already given up hope and looking forward to the draft. Well, you mean next year? Because that's where I am. <laughs> I'm already looking forward to 2023 in Atlanta, yeah. down here in Atlanta. I'm like, this year, just flush it. Just tank it, man. It's gone. It's over. 2023. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the draft. QB, edge, et cetera. Let's go. But no dreams till it happens. Yeah, show me. You know, yeah. show me. I think I think Nick and I were both both born in the Midwest, close enough to, to Missouri to, you know, show me. I don't, yeah. I don't want to talk about hopes and dreams of what could have, should have, or did. Show me, prove it to me. You got your chance. Show me. Yep, absolutely. Go earn it. Um, that's that's a big one. Go compete and go earn it. Um, Jacob Foster always always coming to the support. Thank you so much, Jacob. We appreciate you. Um, we also got Tommy. This is a good point here. I think he's talking about um, teams looking to trade up. Um, I don't know if you saw this from uh, Dane Brugler yesterday. I tweeted it out, but there's a lot of talk that. Uh, expect Trevor Penning to go in the top seven, um, which is very rich for me, but I think there are four tackles in this class. Um, unfortunately, Bernard Ryman coming with the sub 33 inch arms, which is not ideal for the tackle, even though he tested well. Otherwise um, there are four tackles that are the prototype body type coming in day one um, types top, top half of the draft types. So I could also see a team. If you have that run of uh, Charles cross, I can uh, Evan Neal and one of those tackles is still sitting there at uh, Trevor Penning. One of those tackles is still sitting there at nine. Maybe a team that is desperate to bring in that body type uh, is looking to move up. Maybe a team like Baltimore is looking there. Maybe a team like, uh, gosh, I guess not Minnesota or Cleveland, maybe Washington. I, I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate because who's going to trade up from the twenties for a tackle, maybe Arizona, if they're super desperate um, because that's a team that in order to make, goodwill gestures towards Kyler Murray. Um, he's always, he's always like subtweeted a little quietly about the offensive line as well. Maybe that's a team that looks to be aggressive and move up for a tackle. Um, so that's another one to keep an eye on as well. You could always have uh, a protector. I mean, you're not going to get a better enforcer than Trevor Penning. You know, if I'm looking, <laughs> unless I he's mean, throwing his defensive lineman at the back of your legs, like he well, did Desmond Ritter. Well, that was an accident, you yeah. know, but if someone went after his quarterback's leg, I got a pretty good feeling that Trevor Penning's going to be there to say something about it yeah, and and protect his quarterback. So Jacob, yeah. again, thanks for the stars and the support. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, wow, four will go in the, in the top 10. That, that means there are going to be some really, really good players available at eight and nine. Yeah. I mean, there's talk of, I think it was Brett Coleman yesterday um, discussing that, uh, all 10 of the top 10 picks could be some combination of edge rushers and offensive tackles, which would mean Kyle Hamilton doesn't make it in the top 10. I would still be pretty surprised to see that um, if he didn't go in the top 10, but uh, you know, you never know. Um, You have Trevon Walker, you know, skyrocketing Um, Lance Zerline and Dane Brugler have him going number three to Houston as does Scott Kennedy and Nick Kendall in our mock yesterday. If you guys want to check that out, Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, it sounds like his floor is probably eight. Um, if he falls to Atlanta, um, keep an eye out for him. Jermaine Johnson sounds like he's probably going to go in the top 10 now as well, or top 12. Uh, obviously you have Aiden Hutchinson, uh, and then you have all the four of those tackles. So I just listed six edge rushers about and four tackles, and that could be what happens there at the top. Uh, the one that you want to keep an eye on also is, uh, sauce Gardner. I think he, at his size, you got to look for that. Um, so go ahead, Scott. I was just, uh, this Spencer is, uh, feels like a new name that I was just reading his, uh, his his super here appreciate the super spencer uh super spencer actually i've got a super spencer on our baseball team spencer norman can you remember that name his dad was an nfl guy and his son is a beast spencer mm-hmm. norman uh 
Anyway, Spencer, greetings. Nothing like losing your passport a few days before Greece. Ugh. Woof. So I had to fly from Wisconsin to Denver this morning for a few hours to get a new one since every agency is full, apparently. Well, hopefully that's all it cost you was just some inconvenience and it didn't cut into your, you know, your trip too much. And you're able to get that done because, you know, that sucks. You, you know, you, you're going to go to Greece and if it cuts into that and you're stuck in travel. So uh, I sympathize with that, Spencer, but I hope you have a great time in Greece. Um, love the country. I was a huge Greek mythology buff, and I was mm. very disappointed with Athens when I went in 2000 because it was dirty. Yeah, It was yucky. You blow soot out of your nose at the end of the day from all the scooters running around. But once you get out of Athens, gorgeous. The island. Just gorgeous. Yeah. My wife and I, after we, uh, my now wife, after we graduated, um, got our master's degree from the University of Iowa, uh, we went and did 40 days in Europe. Yeah, everyone drink. Um, we did 40 days in Europe and I still dream of the, how beautiful Corfu was, um, which is pretty in the Adriatic sea, pretty close. Impossible blue. That's what I, that was the color I came up with when I, the first time I saw the Mediterranean stuff in there was impossible blue. Yeah. The only thing that is, I would say unfortunate about those islands, not really unfortunate, but they're rocky beaches more so. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I had been used to going down to Florida to the panhandle where like Okaloosa Island, where it's like this white squishy spongy sand that's like the softest you've ever felt in your life so a little different but man the views in the mediterranean are incredible um if only i was born a multi-billionaire and could have a yacht just floating around the mediterranean that would be that'd be the life i would not be here hanging out with you guys probably if that was the case though so maybe it worked out i, I might be because i'm this is what i like doing <laughs> yeah so true. i'm not a, i'm not a beach i'm not necessarily a beach guy now that i've gotten older i don't like doing as much stuff anymore so this is fun for me yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's harder to go out and like snow ski and water ski and do all that fun stuff that I used to do. I hurt for much longer. I mean, uh, I wake up at 3 a.m. to drive three hours to hike 10 miles, then to drive home three hours again. So I'm, you know, I'm a little bit weird. I'm, I'm not quite right in the head. Ethan coming in with the big super. Appreciate you said lots of tight ends getting franchised. Uh, Schultz. Uh, Njoko, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Njoku. 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 Uh, Giseki in Miami. Interesting, Giseki. only 10 million tag, but the Dolphins won't surprise me with, with Ogba sitting there. Yeah, and that's the thing, is with a franchise tag being an average of the top 10, the, the money's not bad. No. Um, so that's why we talked about you know Noah Fant, if, if you were to pick up his option, um, at 6 million puts him in the top 15 range, I think it was, top 10 for tight ends, which yeah. isn't that bad, Six six and a half million on that. Yeah, and hopefully you guys can see that on your screen. Um, it's smaller on Scott's and I screen unless which, I make it big. Which also, um, why I said that when you know someone like Kyle Pitts, when when he comes around for franchise options, his agent's going to call him a wide receiver. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, just looking at this right now, um, guys, officially analytics has won. Look at that running back cap hit. Only nine million for the tag compared to everything else is just pennies on the dollar for those other positions. Um, the point I want to make here though is just you always should be looking for competitive margins when building your team. And you should be looking to craft your roster with spending premium resources on the more expensive positions, especially in the draft. But something that I think is worth noting here and just maximizing your value on these contracts in long-term offensive line is one position. So you are, if you're drafting a guard or a center early and then down the line, want to use your tag on them, you're paying them just as much as you would an offensive tackle. Why would That's you do crazy. that? That's dumb. That is stupid. Um, so don't do that. Maybe don't spend premium resources on the interior offensive line because you're not going to have that uh, 
franchise tag in your back pocket to make maximum value on them. The other position like this, off-ball linebacker, the most expensive defensive position listed here. But that's because they're including the edge rusher off-ball linebackers, the stand-up off-ball linebackers, with that second level. Um, so why would you draft an off-ball, the second level of the defense, linebacker early, when essentially that means there's no way in bleep you will use the franchise tag on them because it's not going to be worth it. So just thinking about those margins, I know that means if you have to, if you get to a point where your player is going to uh, deserve a franchise tag, that means you hit on the pick and that's more important than mm -hmm. other things. Um, but still uh, you want to be thinking about the, the margins here. And again, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent also on the offensive line as one position that is stupid because stupid. offensive tackles paid way different than a center. Um, but you know, if again, I'm Lee Smith, I don't know. Lee Smith just retired. He's a blocking tight end. I'm like, I, I want to be an offensive lineman. I, I, all I do is block, yeah. you know, yep. I mean, that, that's, that's silly. Uh, as always appreciate the support, Ethan. I hope things are going well. <clears throat> yeah. And Corey Hoover comes back in and he says, uh, where do you think Desmond Ritter gets drafted? Y'all like him, Corey, we like you. So thank you very much for the support yeah. for the show for Broncos for breakfast. I, I like Desmond Ritter. I like him a lot. I think he goes mm -hmm. in the second. Um, could he sneak into the back end of the first? Maybe, uh, but I do. I like him in the second. I like his. I like his release. I like his arm talent. I love his mobility. I like his production. I like his character, the leadership, and the intangibles. So yep. there's a lot for me to like about Desmond Ritter, uh, and I think, I think he should go in the second round. Yeah, I think he's going to go in the first round. Um, it sounds like coming Ooh. out of the uh, the combine that. Him and Malik Willis were extremely impressive um, in the interviews. And it is really the maturity and intangible surrounding Desmond Ritter that uh, stood out. I think it was Mel Kuyper um, on his post-combine show said that how um, Ritter has done a good job of working his mechanics and improving his accuracy. He still can be a little bit scattershot, you know, um, two out of every 10 is just the placement isn't great. Um, but you have the athleticism, you have the, uh, the size that you want, not the, not the thickness. He's really skinny, which concerns me for him long-term. Um, I don't know if he can put on much more weight. It's not Jalen, uh, Jaden Daniels level skinny, but it's pretty skinny. Um, and he's also been, he's, he's like the only quarterback in this class that has, I guess Pickett does as well, but he's the only one in this class that has the uh, Bill Parcells, you know, multiple years program builder, um, steady, you know, coaches rave about him, hits all the, those years of production metrics that uh, those Bill Parcells quarterback evaluation um, thresholds, I guess, uh, that you're looking for a guideline. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think somebody else mentioned it in here, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kenny Pickett is, or not Kenny Pickett, um, Desmond Ritter is uh, taken off the board in the 20s and goes to like the Pittsburgh Steelers or something. Um, sounds like he's he really impressed. Um, he is he's an yeah, adult. I've I really liked him at senior bowl. I guess there were some mixed reviews and that's okay that, you know, yeah. people see or see different things. I liked, I thought he looked smooth. I thought he looked mobile on the run, uh, mobile on the run. Duh. I thought he looked good throwing on the run, very mm -hmm. smooth, getting rid of the ball uh, while he was rolling out. And then, then again, then, like I said, I liked his arm and I liked his mobility. And then he comes mm -hmm. in at six, three, two 11 with a 36 inch vertical and a 10, seven broad jump, a four, two, nine shuttle and a three cone four, five, two forty. Now I love, his mobility. I mean, yeah. he, he'd have a, he would have a future as a wide receiver. That would be a mid tier wide receiver numbers at the NFL combine. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan for sure. And uh, just some 
some information here. This is uh, what I think it was Lance Zerline said. Guys, I walk the dog and I listen to podcasts on two times speed. So I'm just an information, <laughs> just churning it in here. I'm a computer. Try to get as much as I can consume, baby. Um, but uh, it sounds like a lot of teams with the NFL draft, you know, we're looking at the numbers yesterday. Like, oh, my God, all these all-time numbers. I think we had 32 people run sub 4440s when we hadn't had like 17 before. Interesting note here. Um, Indianapolis, the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, they put in a new turf mm-hmm. prior to the 2020 stadium, and there was no combine last year. So there's no data last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, this means that, oh, my God, all these people are running, and there were uh, agents texting um, media sources being like, my guys have never run this fast. I don't know what's going on um, from the running backs going out there. A lot of teams are going to be putting a dummy variable um, on the stats. And what do I mean by that? They're going to be, let's say you ran a 4440 we're going to put you as a four five forty, So that way we can standardize you based on historical data um, for the position. So they're going to be, there's going to be a little bit of a adding um, time just so that way they can use previous year's data to the important part of the, the important part is the control that everybody's doing the same thing. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter. I, I, I went to, uh, I ran a combine at Mississippi state and I, I, I I timed literally 10,000 kids in my career. Mm -hmm. And I could get it within 0.05 just by watching. I mean, that sounds so, but you, you can. You just, yeah. and I could. And I was like, these are off. These are off. I can tell they're off. Yep. Mississippi State had just had their pro day. So that was already the 40. So we remeasured. Their 40 was 41 yards. <laughs> I was like, so the times were going to be different. But if I know, you know, a Crystal Carter coming in here with talking about Felix Jones running a 4-3-1, and uh, he did you proud as a UT alum. If I know Velas Jones is fast, I don't care what his time is. Mm-hmm. I want to see what people are relative to him. So if you got close to Velas Jones, I know you're fast. He could have run a four eight. Doesn't the time itself doesn't necessarily matter. Those are fun, um, but again, I know the fast guys are fast. Where did you come in comparison with him? And you know, if you're Christian Watson, did you run a four three six before? No, but I know you're within a tenth of. This guy, you know, Garrett Wilson, I know you're fast. I know you're 6'4", 211 pounds. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, Dave coming in here with a good question. Dave, welcome to Mile High Huddle. Dave's a, a big supporter of our, our Forging the Falcons channel, too, that we will do tomorrow at 930. Quick plug. If Aaron Rodgers retired today after Green Bay restructured him last season, would Green Bay be on the hook for any of his salary this season or the guaranteed money as all the Packers are on the hook for? Actually, this might be the best case scenario for the Green Bay Packers. Um, they're like, all right, we're ready to move on from, from him, but we can't because of the dead cap money. And he went ahead and took this out. So if he retires, his salary comes off the books. And frankly, they couldn't make him pay back the the uh, the signing bonus, some yeah. a, a prorated version of the signing bonus. That's what they did with Barry Sanders back in the day when he left. So most guys don't retire when they've got years of big money left on their contracts because well they have years of big money left on their contracts um but if he were and and he ain't gonna retire but if he did the packers would love it we just got out of cap hell we just solved our cap problems now we got a quarterback problem but now we can get to work building for the future we've got resources to do it so the packers would be just fine with aaron Rodgers retiring yeah my understanding that yeah they i mean they'd be just fine in a sense of uh uh, but actually, let me let me turn this on you. Wouldn't they be in a much better position if they knew he was going to retire to have traded him last offseason? Because I know that that doesn't really get them out of cap hill, but they didn't. That's 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 revisionist history. They didn't yeah. know he was going to retire. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you do, then you sign into a one-year deal. You sign on a one-year deal and say, let's talk about this again at the at the end of the season. Yeah. We sign into a one-year deal. Yep. So if they knew, you don't know. He doesn't know. I'm not sure that any of them know. That's why they all hedge on it. You know, Tom Brady yeah. retired and he's still talking, maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah. Because it's hard because once you're gone from the game, you're gone. You know, and this is a it's a, even at 40. You retire at 40 years old. Oh, you could live another 60 years. You know, you got a, a long time of life and you only got one shot at this. So it's hard. So there's no way they would have known. Hey, I'm going to play one more year. He may have said, I only want to play one more year here. Um, but retiring, I think, would be would be OK for I think the Packers would be. Content with that decision, they, they I think they would rather. Obviously, if you can get a boatload of picks, but if you have to eat that dead cap money, that's it's going to be tough for them. Still, they he if Aaron Rodgers moves, it's going to put them in a bind, a bigger bind than if they if he retired. Because if he leaves, well, I've got some picks. I still don't have my quarterback. Yeah, because the picks I might be able to draft one, but that's no sure thing. And now I'm I'm still hamstrung by my salary cap. At least if he retires, okay. Well, now I've got money to to reinvest. I can go get a veteran. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a weird situation for the Packers because I think they actually have a really, really good defense um, overall. Um, I like a lot of their pieces. Um, But uh, with Jordan Love, I mean, probably with that defense, you're too good to be picking the top of the draft to get a quarterback. But you never know, right? They got they traded for Brett uh, Brett Favre and they got Aaron Rodgers as the 22nd pick. So uh, you never know. Um, Salvi Nation. Good morning, guys. Scott, you only can get one. And why? Willis or Desmond Ritter? Uh, I would go with Willis first, and I did in our mock yesterday because all of the things I like about – most of the things I like about Ritter, Willis does a little better. He's a little thicker. He's a little stronger. He's a better runner, can break more tackles. I like the arm strength is better. Um, I think Ritter is probably farther ahead as far as reading defenses and and, and the quarterback play, and you Let's hope that that will come with time. Well, won't come with time for Ritter – are the reasons you like Willis, the running ability, the, the open field running ability, the strength in the lower body. Yes, you can do squats, etc. But no, not naturally. He's not as thick. You know, Willis is an inch shorter and has twenty, has fifteen pounds on him. Uh, he's a more explosive athlete, and and that arm strength that 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 Willis has, you no, know, that's God given. That's that's not going to change. So, all of the reasons I like Ritter, I like Willis a little better. Yeah. And uh, if Willis was two inches taller, he'd be, I would say, write him down in Sharpie number two overall, um, whether that be the Lions or somebody trading up there. Uh, It'd be probably him. number one overall, and the and the, and the, the the Jags would come out of that number one spot. Honestly, yeah. It's the it's this barely over six foot. That might scare off a few teams. Mm-hmm. He's thick enough there. Uh, six foot and a half, though. Again, he's built like a running back. If he was, though, you know, six three with his, uh, his ability, you're talking about a Cam Newton-esque level player um, with the skill set. And that's... There's a reason Cam went number one in a class mm-hmm. that's one of the best draft classes of the last 20 years. Um, so uh, we got Joey coming in here with a question. Um, we got to be wrapping up here pretty soon. So if you guys got your supers or uh, stars or anything, make sure you get them in so we can get to those. Um, Joey, thank you so much, Joey. Uh, gents, catching y'all late. That's okay. We're still hanging. Uh, quick question. The linebacker from Montana. He's talking about Troy Anderson, Montana State. Uh, worth Good, because I was looking up Chad Muma at Wyoming. I'm getting Wyoming and Montana confused yeah. this morning. And my answer for Chad Muma, in case you were wondering, was yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's 
he should go in the mid second, but um, Troy Anderson had an absolutely freak show combine. I'm, I guess Scott can look up those numbers while I'm reading yeah, the rest of this, but uh, worth an early third pick second round pick. What's his value? Seems as though he might be a diamond in the rough thoughts. Uh, not so much a diamond in the rough anymore after the combine and after the senior bowl. Um, he is a very interesting player. He was a diamond in the rough for Montana state, almost not recruited at all. Um, he went there and played running back and quarterback. He has like Montana state's record for it's either the all-time passing yards or rushing yards. I'm not sure which one, but basically the Montana state version of a uh, Taysom Hill for their offense there for the Cougars, Montana state Bobcats. I, it's, I can picture their logo. It's a big cat of some sort. Um, mountain lion. Um, but anyway, he is, um, I think he ran like a four, four, one forty. Um, he was flying around at the senior bowl as well. From what I saw, he's probably still going to have to do a little bit of, work as far as his processing and his ability to play in the box and deconstruct blocks and read those things there. But um, he's, I think he's going to go, you, you pretty much nailed it. Mid second to early third feels like his range to me um, because of the jumping competition. It's probably a little bit of a uh, projection that might scare some teams off in comparison to Chad Muma, who played at a much bigger school, uh, but he's a freak show athlete. Um, and also this is a dude who apparently, you know, is all about football. Um, if you played all those positions, you have to be all about football. I think he was the big sky offensive player of the year one year. And then he went in on to be the big sky defensive player of the year this last year. So um, no, it's not the best competition in the world, but still he's one to keep an eye on. I like him a lot. I was on a podcast last night and they said, besides edge rusher, Nick, what is the best and deepest class in the top four rounds of the draft this year? I'm like off ball linebacker. If you take one in the first round, it's malpractice because you can get really good players um, rounds two through four. I, I absolutely adore uh, the linebackers in this class. Um, you know, one of the things I say about level of competition is, are you dominating it? That's all you can ask. Yeah. And he is, he's dominating his competition. Like if you take Adrian Peterson and drop him at Montana state, he's still Adrian Peterson. You know, you learn a little bit about his heart and his motor when he's playing against guys that he can beat up, but he's still Adrian Peterson. So Troy Anderson, six, three and a half, two forty three, four four two with a 36 inch vertical. That's elite. I don't care if he's at Montana state or at, at, at Alabama, that's, that's elite athleticism. And it tells you a little bit of something about his want to, when he dominates his competition, he did. So second round. Yeah. I think he could go in the second round for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We got some supers coming in. So we're going to keep hanging out with you guys. Um, Dehan coming in here with the uh, the monkey holding the pistol in the suit. Always, I have no idea what's going on in the picture there, but uh, feels like a Planet of the it. Apes type of thing. I either way, I am uh, not going to mess with it. Um, <laughs> don't shoot. Uh, traditionally, what impacts the defense more? Solidifying the secondary or the front line? It's a Gardner versus Davis question at nine. Solidifying the defense. This is God. I we could talk and we could do a whole show on the philosophical discussion that is this question. I'd rather have the edge than the corner. If you're asking me. If Davis I isn't have, an edge though. I'm just saying, I know, but I'm saying Gardner versus Davis. Um, nose tackle. He's a nose guard. So I, I'd probably want to go Gardner over the, over a defensive tackle, unless you can get Aaron Darnold. What about Aaron Darnold? You could guarantee me that guy, but you know, the odds are, are not there. But when, when you say the front line, I, I think, you know, pass rush. Yeah. You know, so I'd rather have Lawrence Taylor than Deion Sanders. You know, yeah. the best cover corner of all time versus the, arguably the best pass rusher of all time. I'd rather have Lawrence Taylor. I think yeah. he can he he can end a play uh, in a career um, yeah. quicker. You know, than than the than the corner. You can you can throw around a corner. You can't the the edge can end the play on his own. Um, 
Davis, I can make a good argument for Davis. I We did yesterday. Jordan Davis is going to make everybody around him on that front seven better because he's going to get so much attention. Um, because if you don't, if you try and block him with one guy, he's going to fold your center in half. Yep. He's going to fold him in half. So he's taking two guys every play that he's out there. Um, for me, what's going to impact the defense more? I'm going to actually go with the the cornerback here in this one. Oh, shock. Nick went with the value position. Um, but cornerback is going to be playing 90 to 100% of the snaps here, where Davis is probably playing 50 to 60 early on, maybe more later. But uh, he's still, you know, 330, 340. Um, he's not going to be playing 100% of the snaps. And also, I think it's much easier to find competency at the nose tackle position than it is to find a boundary corner with the length and stuff that Gardner has here. So um, I guess the nose tackle in a sense um, solidifies the defense more because it's a known quantity. Um, You know what he's getting there no matter what, but as far as the impact on the defense um, it's the boundary corner who can actually hang on the boundary. I mean, just let's look at the, just wait until you see what JC Jackson gets this off season and tell me, um, if a boundary cornerback is more valuable or more impactful, because he's going to well, get I don't the, look at the top guys, because you know what would J.C. Jackson get versus Aaron Donald? The, you know, but let's look at the tenth. Let's look at the tenth guy. What's the tenth corner making against the tenth interior lineman? Well, we actually can look that up. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to answer, I'll actually look that up. Uh, you know, as far as what the, they think is valuable, while you're getting to Corey real quick. Yeah, and just to riff on that one a little bit more. Um, Aaron Donald is such a significant outlier compared to every defensive That's tackle. What I mean. Don't go by the exception. Yeah. Not, and I, mean, I don't think JC Jackson, every rule, the yeah. exception that proves the rule. I'm not, well, what about Drew Brees? If I had a nickel for every time I heard, well, what about Drew Brees? I would be in San, you know, Santorini on watching the impossibly blue islands in, in Greece. A year ago, it was a, what about Josh Allen making that improbable leap in year three? Um, yeah, well, that's an outlier. That'd be like saying, what about, quarterback X who was drafted in the sixth round being Tom Brady. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on it. With a small enough sample size, I can prove any point you want. Go to Walmart and get the guy stocking shelves to get your two-time MVP, NFL MVP and Kurt Warner. It was a, it was high V we got to, I will not accept the uh, Iowa grocery store slander here. Corey coming in. Um, (laughs) Would you guys trade back with the Browns and get Ritter? Or is there someone at nine you like if Willis is already gone? Um, I'm not taking Ritter at uh, 14 with the Browns. Um, there is, but there's definitely a scenario where the board falls in a way and trading back to 14 would be awesome for the Broncos. Um, I think that if uh, Walker, Thibodeau, Hamilton, the top two offensive tackles, Hutchinson are gone, um, and then trading back to 14 and seeing who's there between like uh, Jordan Davis, Jermaine Johnson, David Ajabo, that would make a lot of sense for me um, with that scenario. Maybe Trevor Penning also there. Um, so, that would make sense. You're probably not getting much more than let's say you get 14 and a 2023 20, second round pick and maybe a, a fifth round pick this year as well, but you're giving yourself extra capital in the future, giving yourself flexibility in the future. You're giving yourself another ticket to play with uh, in this draft. So you can give yourself flexibility to move around as Peyton showed last year um, in the draft. And also he talked about um, in his press conference prior to the combine this year. So um, would interest me. I wouldn't take Desmond Ritter at 14 though. Um, if he falls to 28 and the Broncos love him, maybe that's when you start picking up the phone and seeing what it costs to move up. You're not taking a 2023 first for me. Sorry. Um, but uh, that's probably what I'm looking at there. There's almost twice as many corners making more than 15 million than defensive tackles. And it's, you can find defensive tackles 
uh, the Broncos, right? I mean, look, look at their line. It's across the board. You can find them. Um, difference makers are, are worth it, but he's, it's uh, typically harder to find uh, outside of the guys they drafted. DWI guys coming in here. The next fund after Aaron Rodgers to Denver will be the Nick Kendall heater fund. God. Um, luckily that space heater is doing it the absolute most right now. Um, the space heater, I would say this, uh, my space heater right now is kind of like a Draymond Jones on the Broncos defensive line last year, doing absolutely everything he possibly can, but he's still an interior defensive lineman. That's not Aaron Donald. So need some help up there. Um, God bless you. Draymond Jones, the space heater, um, uh, and getting uh, Pookie on the banner. Hashtag Pookie, hashtag Nick Kendall heater fund. We're going to get, get that done. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ethan, for the hundred dollars, man. You are it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Um, just how much support you have for the show. We, uh, we talk about you off air too. Just how much help you have. Nick's heaters. Nick you, you, you make the, you make the show what it is, you know, yeah. as a, as a, as a group make this viable for all of us. So, um, you know, we thank you. And frankly, anybody else that enjoys the show should thank, thank you to be frank. Um, <clears throat> cause you're a big part of us being here three days a week. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, final one here. We'll get in here. Um, cause I definitely left him out. Um, no love for cross at nine, Nick. I like cross. Um, I thought that he tested better than I thought he would as well. So if you take cross at nine, I'm okay with it. I don't love him as much as I love Aquanu and Evan Neal, but there's a reason that he's not being talked about being drafted above those guys as well, I guess. So it's fine. Um, I'd be fine with that. And Christos coming in here. We haven't spoke on it yet. Um, this is a good one to get out on. We so, did. Uh, we did when we were talking on, on the, uh, the tags when we were talking on the tags, yes, at about six million and change, Noah Fant should have his fifth year option picked up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, and also getting him on there, that um, uh, the franchise tag after that is so cheap, and I'm guessing it's going to be cheap again a year from now that we really have Noah Fant cost control for three more years. Um, and he's he's still entering his prime. It t- typically takes tight ends a little bit of time. Noah Fant was drafted extremely young. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do going forward. I loved that uh, it was either Hackett or Peyton kind of called them out for their blocking. They got to be better blocking this year, especially with the outside zone, because you're going to see more uh, edge type of uh, runs this year. At least they want to. Um, but uh, definitely, I think they should exercise Noah Fant's fifth year option. What is it? It's only like six or seven million. That's that's a no brainer to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. It's cheap. Um, he's set a career high in catches and yards last year. He's, I mean, for all the talk of Noah Fant was ruined last year, his trajectory is still going in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Can you use him better? Yes, you can use him better, but he was not ignored in the, in the offense last year. Yeah. I really hope that he works on his balance and yards after catch this year as well. Cause he had opportunities and, uh, just way too often a cornerback or a safety was coming down and tackling him for no gain. So uh, you're so big, fast, and strong, buddy. I need you to play big, fast, and strong. Um, so maybe we'll see that this year. But uh, and also, Christos, it's not raining where, I, or it's not snowing where I'm at, but it's uh, 40 degrees and raining, which is worse than snowing in my opinion. We hit 80 last weekend in Georgia. We're going to be in the 20s this weekend in Georgia. Mm. It's about to get nasty. Baseball season opens up. We played some baseball last week, but oh man, it's going to be. I don't know what y'all know about bats, but if you've got a composite bat, you got to put it away when it gets below 60 degrees because the the baseball will crack it. Mm -hmm. So might be some new bat shopping. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, uh, we are going to um, get on out of here. I don't see any more super chats coming in. So we're already at an hour and 15, but you know, that's, that's uh, that's totally fine. We appreciate you guys. You guys can follow Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. 
Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys aren't doing, haven't done so already, make sure you go to Facebook, log into your account if you haven't been in there in a bit, and uh, join our Facebook groups, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Also, we have a Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Um, if you guys want to be uh, like this one I'm about to read here in a second, um, make sure you head on to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. And we had one coming in here recently. I haven't seen him in the chat today, but um, he is always coming in and supporting us. Uh, Trevor Sandal says, uh, Mile High Huddle, I love the podcast. Everyone does such a great job of providing Broncos country and beyond with a quality service. Thanks for all you guys do. Go Broncos five stars from Trevor Sandal. So thank you so much, Trevor. We appreciate you. There's a shout out for you. Um, hopefully you'll hear this after the fact or you're hanging out with us right now, but we appreciate you, Trevor. Make sure you guys go to Apple. Leave us a five-star review. I think we're at about 350 reviews. It'd be awesome to get up to 400 before the next season kicks off. So please get out there and do that for us. Subscribe, like, and share if you're joining us on YouTube today. That helps us a lot. Also, I'm looking for Scott's banner here. And of course, Chad has messed with everything, so it's gone. Uh, but make sure you follow us at, uh, we're going to be on Scott's channel tomorrow. It's gone, Scott. I don't see it. At uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. That's um, me. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be there live tomorrow um, to uh, discuss Calvin Ridley and some more draft as it pertains to the top 10. We'll be talking, I'm sure, more cornerbacks. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot of uh, defensive front seven and offensive tackles. I mean, the line, the needs. Outside of wide receiver, the needs line up pretty darn good uh, for the Broncos and the Falcons. So a lot of crossover there. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you've got some time to kill today, turn on some Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. Liverpool and Inter at 3 o'clock. So it's it's a nice filler to just have on in the background. So a little Champions League. These are uh, second stage games. So it's kind of cool. They play twice and they add up the score. So you're never going to hear any international football fans complaining about running up the score. That's for us Americans who are soft. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um all right guys well we'll see you um maybe we'll have some aaron Rodgers news today maybe we won't if we do i i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself i don't, don't know what to do with my hands um if aaron Rodgers comes but uh hopefully we'll have some closure today one way or the other and uh and uh we'll all move forward together as a society um we love you guys uh stay safe choose kindness choose compassion uh fun off season ahead make sure you're tuning in with the all the guys on huddle up We will see you tonight on Building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.